Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Elizabeth Breck, author of the debut novel, Anonymous. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, if someone hasn't heard about your new novel yet, how would you describe Anonymous? Well, I would describe it as a classic mystery with thriller components. Once you start reading, you can't put it down. And as far as what it's about, shall I, shall I tell you what it's about? Yes, sure. Okay, great. So um, it's, uh, I am a licensed private investigator myself, and I've written a novel about a female private investigator named Madison Kelly, who lives at the beach in San Diego. And she comes back from a run one day, and there's a note on her door that says, stop investigating me, or I will hunt you down and kill you. And she thinks to herself, I, I, I'm, I don't have any open cases right now. How is this possible? I'm not investigating anybody. And so in order to figure out who left the note, she has to do exactly what the note is telling her not to do, which is investigate. <laughs> That's a great setup. Yeah. So do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write Anonymous? I do, actually. Um, it's loosely, very loosely based on... I, I would say it's not even based. It's just the ins- the impetus came from the Golden State Killer. Uh, some people may not know he's an infamous serial killer who was recently caught in California. Uh, he um, pr- prolific, unfortunately, a rapist and murderer. And before he was caught, uh, which was just a couple years ago, um, I was watching an episode of I don't know twenty twenty or forty eight hours or something like that, and. Um, they were going over all the clues of who this person is. And, you know, he's been uh, killing people since the seventies. And I went on to Twitter when the show ended and I got in with, you know, hashtag golden state killer. And I started tweeting with people about my clues and who I thought it might be. And then I went to bed and in my big house by myself, and (laughs) I um, suddenly thought, you know, this guy's a monster. He's a true monster. What if he's following people on social media and I'm getting too close to figuring out who he is and he figures out who I am and comes after me. And it was somewhat irrational or completely. And I, I got up and I, I deleted all my tweets and I thought, well, what if, what if he had found me? And that's the impetus. Um, because uh, Madison Kelly, it's in the first few pages. I'm not giving anything away. She quickly realizes that um, the note was left on her door because she had been tweeting about um, uh, two mysteries of disappearances of two women in the gas lamp district in San Diego. So um, that was the impetus. That that sounds interesting. So as you said, you're a licensed private investigator in California. I'm sure that we've all seen hundreds of mystery and crime novels and TV shows about private investigators. I wanted to ask you, what is the real life experience of a private investigator in California in 2021? Well, I specialize in uh, insurance fraud, as does my uh, Madison Kelly my alter ego in the book, she quickly moves into missing persons and murders, which I, I have not. But um, you're right. We have all read a lot about private investigators. And I actually, maybe there is one, but I don't know of another female private investigator writing about a female private investigator. 
And I can tell you that they get it wrong so often. And it's so frustrating <laughs> when I'm reading something and I go, that it would never happen. Um, a perfect example would be, um, it's sort of a silly one, but the TV show, um, uh, the famous TV show with the um, the male private investigator um, who drives the big red fancy uh, car, his sports car in Hawaii. Um, you would Magnum never, PI. yeah, Magnum PI. Yes, you would never tail someone in a fancy red sports <laughs> car. I mean, my God, you would get spotted in a block. You know, you have to be in a very nondescript vehicle. So that's just one example. Like I've never been able to watch that show because I'm just like, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but but you know, it, it my book has, and the second book comes out in October uh, in the series. Um, Everything that she does is what a private investigator would do, down to the fact that there's a couple of uh, surveillances and um, uh, tales that she does that I actually did that actually came from my real life. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's that real. I'm putting actual real things in there. Um, and otherwise, if, you know, she's in a situation I haven't been in. I put myself in that situation in my mind and thought, what would I do? So it's very realistic. Um, but, you know, for an example, uh, in one scene in the book, someone tries to steal her car while she's in the back doing surveillance. And that actually happened to me. So um, it's a harrowing moment in the book and in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, uh, do you carry a firearm? I don't. Um, I could. I could get a license uh, as a private investigator to carry. Open carry is really sure. one of the first things that you get as a private investigator. And then, and I started to, I started to go through the process. Um, and actually, I touch on this in the book. Madison does have a license to carry a, a concealed weapon, but she talks about it and it's really my feelings on it. Um, I, I have guns, but I thought to myself, you know, if I'm in a situation where I could shoot myself out of the situation or I could use my wits to get myself out of the situation, which would I rather do? Um, you know, what kind of a decision would I make um, if, if I have a gun rather than, you know, I need to get myself out of a situation that's dangerous? You know, would I stay longer because I have a gun rather than leave? Um, and also when you're out, you know, when you're at home, <clears throat> if someone's in my bedroom in the middle of the night, I can shoot them. I don't have to ask questions. There's not supposed to be anyone in the middle of the night in my bedroom. So, um, but if I'm out in the wild, suddenly there's a lot of decisions. Like, does this person actually mean to do me fatal harm? Um, if I shoot them, is there anyone around them that I could hit? Could the bullet go through them and hit someone else? that's an innocent bystander, so many decisions. And I just, I've thought about it a lot and I just decided I don't want to do it. I'd rather get myself out of the situation than, than have a gun. Sure. So what was your writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel anonymous published? Well, um, it's, uh, I'll give you the, the high points. Anybody that wants to hear the details, uh, they can go to my website, elizabethbreck.com. Uh, and I actually have on there on my blog, uh, you know, sort of the, the, basically I went back to school to, um, cause I thought to myself getting older, I can't do surveillance for the rest of my life. It's a very physical job. And so what might I do? 
and I thought, you know, I'd like to go to law school and become an attorney, uh, perhaps an insurance, you know, fraud attorney, some kind. So I went back to school and I um, majored in writing at the University of California, San Diego. And in actually in the course of that, I got breast cancer and I suddenly thought uh, life is short. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I really want to be a lawyer. I've been writing as part of my college classes. I started writing about Madison in my fiction classes. I was writing about, uh, my travels in my travel writing classes, doing surveillance. Uh, and so I thought, you know, why don't I just write a book? And so instead of go to law school, so I wrote a book and I literally just did the slush pile. I emailed query letters to literary agents and I got an agent from that rather quickly and um, just the old fashioned way that everybody hears about. And um, then actually my first book that I got the agent with, it was an earlier Madison Kelly novel, didn't sell the first time. Uh, actually, we it, a year and a half of sending it out to publishers, they all said no. So I wrote a different Madison Kelly novel, all the same characters, but just a different plot. And it sold in a week. So I've had both. I've had the agony of defeat and the thrill of victory. Wow, that's great. So are you working on another novel featuring your protagonist, Madison Kelly? Yes, actually, I'm just finishing the edits on book two in the series, and it's uh, due to come out October 12th. So everybody should read the first book so they're ready for the second one. That's great. So were there any female mystery or thriller writers that inspired you as you were working on your debut novel? Absolutely. Uh, I've read probably, I have no idea. I've read 10,000 murder mysteries. I've read, I've been reading murder mysteries since I was 10 years old. I started with Sherlock Holmes and I've read everything, but I would say Sue Grafton is uh, probably the biggest influence on me. Um, I always say I am the real Kinsey Milhone because (laughs) I really did live in a small studio apartment by the beach and do insurance investigations and so Madison Kelly does that as well. And I'm always thinking like, I hope people don't think I ripped off Sue Grafton, but I'm writing about my life and that really is what I did. So, um, so she is a major, major influence on, on my writing. Well, given your success writing and getting your debut novel published, and as you mentioned earlier, you had an earlier version of that novel that did not get accepted and you ended up rewriting it with a different plot. Given all of that, what <laughs> what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Uh, yes, I have writing advice. My advice is that if you're if you're writing, you're probably an artist of some, you're, you have the, the heart of an artist, uh, you're creating worlds and it's a wonderful, beautiful thing, but you have to realize that this is publishing is a business and you have to be able to take off your artist hat and put on your business hat when it's time to get your book sold and to get an agent. Um, and you cannot take things personally. It is, you, you will destroy yourself. If you take things personally, when you're sending out query letters to agents, you know, decide that after 60 days, if you don't hear a response, it's a no. And if they do send you a form letter, be thankful that you got a form letter so that you can end, you know, take your attention off that, that agent. Don't be mad that they sent you a form letter. So many, I see on Twitter, you know, these writers, they get so upset, you know, I got a form letter. Well, gosh, I was excited when I got a form letter because I knew I could just check it off, be like, okay, done with that one. 
um, you know, it's not personal. They're just, they need a bestseller. They need a book that they can sell to a publisher. And then once you have the agent and they're, they're sending it out to publishers, the publishers want a book that they, that's going to sell and it's going to do well. Nobody's working against you. They all want it to be a good book. So if it's not selling, there's a reason for it. So when my book didn't sell after a year and a half, I didn't blame the market. I didn't go, oh, these publishers, they have no taste. You know, I, it's like if you opened a store and you had customers come in and nobody wanted to buy your, your stuff in your store, you wouldn't get mad at them and think those stupid customers don't want the stuff. You change what's in your store. So um, that is my, my major number one piece of advice is treat it like a business and um, don't take anything personally. And if you're not getting an agent, figure out why, what's, what's going on with your query letter, what's going on with your book, have an editor look at it, et cetera. That sounds good. So what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Well, I'm reading Richard Osman, The Thursday Murder Club, which I think is cute. Um, I really like reading um, biographies and autobiographies. Um, so, And I think that I, since I've started writing murder mysteries, I have a tendency to want to cleanse my palate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't want to read another murder mystery. Um, so like, for instance, right now I'm reading, um, I love Broadway and musicals and acting and things like that theater. So I'm reading Seth Rudetsky's, um, uh, I think they're called uh, Broadway Diaries, something like that, um, where, you know, he's writing about all things theater. And I I enjoy things like that. Um, but I also like every once in a while, I'll, I'll see a book and I'm like, I've got to read that. Like I read the sundown motel. I can't remember the name of that author, but Oh, Mm -hmm. I loved that book. Um, and Laura Lippman sunburn. Um, I loved that book. So, uh, those are some of the ones I've read recently. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? Uh, so the best thing is my website is elizabethbreck.com. Uh, there's lots of stuff on there. You can, it shows all my social media. It has, um, I'll put this podcast up there. (laughs) I'll have all my other podcasts (laughs) that I've been on. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it shows you where to get the book and, and all that. And then if you want to remember, uh, Twitter, I'm at the blonde PI with an E at the end of blonde at the blonde PI on Twitter and elizabeth.breck on Instagram. But if you just go to my website, elizabethbreck.com, you will be directed to all those things. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Elizabeth Breck, author of the debut novel, Anonymous. The novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Elizabeth, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you. Great. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.